Çadırımın üstüne şıp dedi damladı Çadırımın üstüne şıp dedi damladı Are you ready for the end of the world? <coughs> Are you ready? Are you ready, 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 ready? The end of the world is less than one month away. <laughs> yep. So, are you ready? No? <laughs> nobody seems to be ready. Everybody's in a food coma. Food coma, yeah. It's like nobody. <laughs> Hopefully you have enough food to last to the end of the world. There you go. <laughs> well, and then the end of the world happens and then what? You pardon a turkey. No. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like, all right. You are listening to Your Community Spirit, the show about caring, sharing, and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it. Let's bring back the circle again, the circle of friends, the circle of family, the circle of being. Well, hopefully that happened yesterday. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, Thanksgiving, I heard, was a day of family and friends. And being. <laughs> yeah, just being relaxed. Yes. Um, so, wake up and be healthy and therefore wealthy to the peace and joy of Mother Earth. You are listening to your community spirit. This is Ord Energy Mon. And this is Tree Song. And we are here live. <clears throat> I stretch out enough to be live. I'm live. Let me check my pulse here. Yeah. <laughs> so, and local and maybe a little in your face because, you know, if you put your face right next to the radio, we'll be in your face. So Exactly. Yeah. If you would like to let us know and we let you know of happenings in this area, please email them to info at yourcommunityspirit.org and also to... Yes, to treesong at treesong.org. Especially next week because I'll probably be out of town. Well, I'll be in St. Louis. Um Installing a solar system up there, so yes, creating wanted, solar systems. Yeah, it's like <laughs> um, maybe on the seventh day I'll rest. <laughs> so we are online at yourcommunityspirit.org. If you miss even an iota of our show, you can listen to it again online. So in the news, did you hear that um, Israel and the country formerly known as Palestine, apparently it's called Gaza now, hmm. um, have reached a ceasefire. So they're no longer targeting each other's civilians. Yeah. Well, that, that's a step, you know, I guess, you know. Uh, I mean, ideally, you can eventually broker a peace deal that 
brings peace and justice to everyone on both sides. <laughs> but not actively killing each other's people, you know, that's a start. <laughs> well, unfortunately, the people on both sides don't, you know, really support their government doing it. Yeah. I mean, um, how can you ever support your government shooting rockets at someone else's civilians? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, people people get scared and they want their government to do something sometimes, but then that's not necessarily what they want their government to do, you know. Something does not necessarily entail attacking, you know, little kids who, who didn't do anything. I heard that if you bomb the other side, that they'll want peace. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't, it doesn't seem to work. I mean, they, they keep trying that solution. <laughs> that like, solution doesn't seem to work. Yeah, Maybe it, the whole peace talk solution, you know. It's, it's, how, it's what our parents teach us. It's like, beat up the other little kid and then they'll be nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't usually work that way. That's what all parents say. They say, you know, they never say, let's get along. They're all like, if that kid does anything to you, you beat them up until they're almost dead. <laughs> and then they'll like you. Yeah, well, luckily my parents never gave me that lesson, so uh, uh, hopefully we can break that cycle. And if once you have a moment, see, that's part of why peace accords are so important, is once you have a moment where nobody is actually dying, then that gives you some space to breathe, to think, to come up with other solutions. Hmm. Quit being so logical. <laughs> you know. I do that sometimes. You'll have, you have to get in the middle and, like, broker a peace deal, huh? Yeah. Say... Why don't we just like hug each other and just <laughs> let it be? I was like, every yeah. little thing's gonna be all right now. Yeah. Well, no, I think I think if they send uh, Michael Ferranti over there a few more times with his uh, music and peace mission, you know, there's a whole documentary about that. It was a really cool documentary. He seemed to bring a lot of peace to the people he actually talked to. So if he just talked to everyone on both sides, <laughs> there's not that many people there. Yeah. I mean, you're talking a few million. I mean, it's yeah. a very, very small country. Yeah, it's basically like, you know, going to the whole, like, New York area, you know. It's not even that many people. No, I mean, New York has way more people than the yeah. city of New York, than the whole country of Israel. Yeah. And Gaza. Yeah. Which is part of Israel, whether people want it to be or not. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they may find peace one day. Yeah. That's a good start, having it's, a ceasefire. But, I mean, it's the whole story back from the beginning of biblical times, Cain and Abel. Yeah. I mean, I mean, genetically, Palestinians and Israelis are exactly the same. <laughs> I mean, if you, like, they're brothers. Yeah, it's, it's like siblings fighting. I mean, that's how I think of it, too, is like siblings fighting. But then uh, it's a fight that's been going on for a long time. And how do you convince... You, you, how do you convince them to uh, not fight anymore? Intermarriage. <laughs> Wait, that doesn't work in the South. <laughs> so, all right. Now that I've um, insulted everybody, yeah, we, we try to insult everyone equally with our humor. Let's insult the city of New York. <laughs> firefighters in New York City decided to do more than their usual jobs by feeding the hungry. They were thanked by the city with a notice of violation for not wearing hairnets or gloves. <laughs> The city now says that was a mistake, but people are appalled not only at the cold-heartedness of the actions, but also the fact that they are paying health inspectors to come out on Sundays <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to give citations to firefighters. Yeah, that sounds like, you know, new heights of bureaucracy, you know. Here, these firefighters are out helping people who are hungry, and, you know, I understand trying to have some standards of sanitation and such, but that that just sounds ridiculous. All right, let's see. In other news, uh, you may not know this, but uh, Black Friday is today. Do you know what Black Friday is? 
it's uh, it's barely a, a day when we forget how thankful we were yesterday and, and just start fighting each other over all the good sales. I, I love my friend's post. This is like a madhouse out here. We went shopping and we bought a couple hundred dollars of cheap plastic crap we didn't need. That was his actual post on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> it was just like, well, this is happens. so exciting. It's exciting. That we bought a bunch of stuff we don't need. Now, you, you know, I, I wonder how much of the stuff gets returned in the next week. Yeah, I wonder too. Well, it's, it's sort of a gamble. They're trying to get you to buy as much as possible and not return it. Right. Because uh, they, and they'll have their, their loss leaders, you know, or door breakers, I guess they call them now. And, uh, they, they don't have very many of those, so those get you into the store, but then you buy all this other stuff that you weren't planning on. Man, I don't like humanity enough to fight them for something. <laughs> <laughs> just like... All right, well, uh, I mean, speaking of Black Friday, though, Walmart workers are still working hard to stand up for their rights. Uh, they've, they've, Walmart has been trying to stop strikes. Like, they're being very careful. I was reading about the memo they sent out, and they're trying to be sure they don't actually openly violate labor laws. Well, they're trying to do everything they can within the labor laws and probably kind of imply other things. Well, if someone walks out on strike, you cannot fire them. Yeah, you can't fire them. But and you. I, I got into an argument with somebody from who works at Walmart yesterday. Mm. And they're like, we'll just be fired. And yeah. they're like, well, it's against the law. For yeah, it's against you the law. If you walk out on strike. Yeah, and it's important to say it that way because they, they could choose to fire you, but then they've broken the law and then uh, then they will suffer consequences for it. Yeah. doesn't mean they won't choose to do it, but it's... It's a struggle that goes on. They have to decide, are they going to obey the law or not? Well, the reason why people are walking off is because they're already breaking the law. Yeah. People are working more hours than federal law is allowed, and they're they're doing all these little tricks to make it so that people are still part-time and, you know, but they're supposed to be paying overtime. Yeah. You know, if you work more than so many hours, if you do, and they're just doing all kinds of tricks, you're supposed to get, you know, like, a lunch break, two 15-minute breaks, and none of that's happening. Yeah. So, um, all right. In happy-go-lucky news, a 14-year-old girl has won $25,000. That's not the good news. The good news is for her invention of a solar-powered water jug that purifies dirty water. The young winner is America's top young scientist, and judges were stunned by the sustainability and cost-effectiveness of her very simple design. Huh. That's pretty amazing. She's a new uh, ecological superhero. There you go. <laughs> All right, in uh, other news, uh, we're, I think we're done with the happy news for the day. Uh, the Keystone XL pipeline is still being built, regardless of the massive concerns surrounding the pipeline and the company building it. And uh, people fighting it are heading to Washington, D.C. And if you go to 350.org, uh, you can find all the information about the people who are heading to Washington, D.C. to stop the Keystone XL pipeline. Now, I'm not a big fan of Buy Nothing Day. Although I think it's fun and interesting, I tend to have a lot of Buy Nothing Days. <laughs> I don't think, you know, one specific day is, you know, making a huge difference. I mean, normally the people who buy nothing are already going to buy nothing on that day. It's <laughs> not like... Yeah. But... The particular reason I'm not a big fan of Buy Nothing Day is I have a lot of friends who work in retail. And, you know, it, they would probably, actually, they would probably be happier if less people shopped on that day. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that would be a big deal because most of them are complaining about having to work. 
I yeah, mean, especially at 8 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, I mean, you eat all that food with your family, and then you have to go into work. Yeah. And work all night. Yeah, I know people who had to work at 8 p.m. on Thanksgiving Day because of the whole uh, Black Friday becoming Black Thursday madness. I'm appalled and disgusted by Black Friday. I mean, um, and then, you know, even more so that they're pushing it up into Black Thursday. Yeah. Um, and then some places had Black Wednesday deals. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but... Well, I guess maybe people were complaining, well, don't do it during people's Thanksgiving dinner. Okay, we'll do it Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, although I don't really... Um, I really have a good soft spot for Small Business Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> so if you are going to shop, just delay your shopping one day. And shop with a small business. Yeah, and it's, you, you get to beat the rush of the whole Black Friday madness, and you get to support a local business. Um, it's pretty interesting that Black um, Small Business Saturday actually got started by American Express, <laughs> and American Express is not accepted by almost every small business. Yeah. Like my business, we uh, we had to pay like... Uh, ton extra to be able to support to do american express huh, yeah and um and then we don't we no longer do american express because it just costs it so much they must be trying to ingratiate themselves with small businesses and get more business for that them probably <laughs> there you go it's rarely accepted and rarely used by the 99 percent and small business yeah um well the important thing is small business saturday <laughs> yeah oh yeah i forgot there was good news <laughs> yeah so um one of the interesting things is if you, for every $100 spent in a small locally owned, I'm not even, uh, what do you call it? Let's see. For every $100 spent in a small locally owned business, $73 stays in the community versus a non-locally owned business, only $43 stays in the community. Yeah. So... I mean, if you want to support and keep your community alive, you need to shop at small businesses. Yeah. That's one of the things people don't think about when they look to these uh, corporate chain stores to create jobs for their community. It's like, oh, we're suddenly going to get a bunch of jobs. And, well, yeah, you might get some, but are they going to be good jobs? Are they going to last? And is that money going to stay in the community? Or are the profits from it going to go back to some corporate headquarters in uh in the suburbs of Chicago or in uh, Waltonville <laughs> for the Walmarts case. I mean, basically, we're shooting ourselves in the foot if we shop at big stores. Yeah. I mean, we, we, we end up saving a little bit of money right now, but then there's no jobs here long term. Yeah. So, so it's just a matter of whether or not you want your community to survive and still exist 5, 10, 20 years from now. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, Yes, yeah, so we've got, should we talk about more Walmart news? <laughs> uh, Walmart wants to be sustainable. It should start with its labor force. Uh, Walmart is buying more local produce and hawking healthier foods. It's got wind farms in Texas and fuel cells in California. The retail behemoth is becoming more socially and environmentally sustainable, uh, according yeah, to its right. own claims. <laughs> yeah, but, but at a, at a recent event, in Beijing, the company announced that by 2017, 70% of the products it sells in the U.S. will come from suppliers that use its sustainability index. I wonder what that is. I mean, it's in quotes. Yeah. So it's Walmart's own internal sustainability index. Yeah. Well, it's, it's Local being... Local probably means anywhere within North America. Yeah. It's being, it's being developed by a group that they created. So that's... 
It's one of the concerns you have is when the group that's doing oversight over you is started by you. Well, I mean, the thing is, is even if they do a little good, they're so huge that it would add up. Yeah. But, but I mean, if they did a lot of good, it would add up even more. So. Yeah. But the issue really isn't that they're becoming more sustainable. It's that they're doing it on the backs of workers. Yeah. And the workers... The workers are being subsidized by us. We pay taxes to the government, and then the government turns around and provides health care and, um, what do you call it, food stamps to be able to subsidize Walmart workers. Yeah, I was just talking about this last night with someone. You know, if, if Walmart's, as we were talking about earlier, they manipulate things to get as many hours as possible out of someone without giving them full-time benefits. If they do that and then they don't pay them a living wage... Then someone has to make up the gap, whether it's family members or tax dollars or, you know, if you don't pay your workers a living wage, then whoever does pay the rest is, is subsidizing your business. I don't have a problem helping someone in need. I have a problem subsidizing a corporation that's not in need. Yeah. And my tax dollars are subsidizing their workers and they're taking that profit. Yeah. So. They're laughing all the way to the bank. <laughs> it's like, um, Let's see. Yeah, I learned an interesting fact over the past uh, week that uh, I don't remember the exact figure, but that the uh, Walmart, like the whole Walmart stockholders, shareholders, uh, control more wealth than some absurdly high percentage of the U.S. population, like, you know, 40-some percent of America, you know, that the small number of people who own Walmart, you know, control more wealth than... Well, I wouldn't have a problem with that if they weren't doing it on the backs of, yeah, you know, the the laborers that we have to subsidize. Oh yeah, if they could treat people well and everyone benefited from it, but for them to make that kind of profit while the people who work at the cash registers are going hungry, that's not a good plan. Now, Walmart is known for having a Christian service ethic, but its treatment of its workers doesn't seem very Christian. Walmart's reputation as a Christian company has been one of the reasons the retail giant has been notoriously hard to organize. The company embedded itself in a particular brand of free enterprise friendly Southern evangelical Christianity, which helped win the loyalty of its massive core of service workers. And so, I mean, when it actually began in rural Arkansas, the workforce was made up largely of women who had never worked for wages before. Yeah. So, I mean, when they started, they started out good. You know, um, they still didn't pay them very much, but they started out helping the disenfranchised. So, um, anyway, you may not plan to celebrate Buy Nothing Day today, but at least celebrate Buy Nothing from Walmart Day. <laughs> yeah, I've, they they've often earned it, but I think they've especially earned it this year. Have you heard much about the um, the Church of Life After Shopping? Yes, I have. <laughs> it's like the Reverend Billy and the Church of Life After Shopping. Yeah, this this guy is hilariously great. Um, Sandy Luya, Hurricane Sandy says, "Stop shopping," says Reverend Billy. The Reverend Billy Talon, famed activist preacher and inexhaustible performance artist, is a noble and inscrutable man. 
along with his church of life after shopping, he's long belted out a mighty righteous sermon for our overhyped consumerist nature, nation. Alas, the message, turn away from corporate products, away from dirty power, away from that which is destroying our communities, our planet, and amen, is not the most iPad-toting Americans are eager to hear. But now, in the wake of Hurricane Sandy, that punishing superstorm that tore through New York City, the capital of the world's capital, that message is starting to sting. It resonates. New York's prime movers are talking climate change, finally. But the nation's leadership languishes, and while the well-off world turns to the business of buying presents for their brood, the residents of Rockaway lack heat food, and water. And so, the reverend preaches. His church has joined in aiding the relief effort and Billy's back to spewing fiery sermons. The themes climate, disaster, consumerism, and the end of the world. You must see the huh. video. I was trying to, like, follow along his video stuff. Yeah. That's... Yeah, you've got to see him to believe him. He's very... He's got all the enthusiasm of... You know, uh, a street preacher, you know, and he's, but he's preaching about, you know, doing something about overconsumption and its effects on the climate now. Yeah, quit buying, start caring. Yeah. Something like that. It's like, you know, um, and his recent thing is don't buy stuff for yourself, buy stuff for the people who still have no power, you know, no homes, the people who are still in need after Hurricane Sandy. Yeah. And he, he started it as sort of a spoof, like sort of like, you know, a comedy routine. But it seems like the longer he does it, the more he gets into it. And really, you know, it's like he's found a calling here. He's, you know, he really wants to get people to think about these issues and take it to heart. Because it's said in a funny way, but it's really not a joke. It's all about sustainable living. All right. I think our last sad story of the year. If you're 27 or younger, you've never experienced a colder-than-average month. Statistically. Yes. <laughs> every one of the months have been steadily hotter than average. Yeah. Every the, year. Yeah, the past 332 consecutive months have had an above-average global temperature. Well, it's only an average temperature of just a little bit. Uh, yeah. But wait, it's steadily average higher. Hmm. I wonder if that means it's warming. It could be a sign of a warming trend. Huh. So, how many consecutive months? Only 332? <laughs> uh, yeah. That's like, okay. So, that means if you're born in or after April 1985, if you are right now 27 years old or younger... You have never lived through a month that was colder than average. And that's beyond astonishing. Yeah. Yeah, and see, I like that statistic because, I mean, people have actually complained to me that it's not necessarily all that statistically relevant, but it's addressing the issue on a time scale that is a human time scale that people understand easily. It's like, it's so strange to think about the fact that in the past 27 years there hasn't been a single month that was you know, below average rather than above average. Hmm. That just progressively is getting hotter. Yeah, it is. It is getting hotter. And humans are responsible. All right. 
a happy news story. Hmm. The bibliomat is an antiquarian book randomizer. <laughs> a vending machine for old books. Oh, this is an awesome story. All right. A lot of websites and local newspapers are talking about the bibliomat. It is a vending machine in Toronto's Monkey's Paw bookstore <laughs> that is described described by owner Stephen Fowler as, quote, the first antiquarian book randomizer. It just... <laughs> <laughs> Just it's a it's a vending machine that just randomly <laughs> gives you a book. Yeah, <laughs> and they're really old books. I mean, um, the pictures I saw were you know, I don't know. Actually, I don't know how old they were, but they look like you know the 30s and 40s. <laughs> yeah, um, it helps bring some of the excitement back to uh, exploring those old books. So the author said, I dropped in a t- I dropped in a toonie, which is a Canadian two dollar coin, into the slot. And the machine made impressive sounds, rang a bell, and I struck bibliographic gold. Two books dropped out. <laughs> so, it's like, that's fun. I wonder if you can have it that you, like, that it'll accept an old book. <laughs> that you could, like, bring old books to it and get, like, half price. Yeah, like that, you can you can do that at bookstores. Yeah, but through a vending machine, that'd be nice. There was also I can't remember now what it was called, but there was a vending machine where uh, people would it was put some take something and put something, like you know it had no specifications on what exactly, just that something that you think is of equal value to whatever you've taken. So you 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 know you open it up, take out what's in there, and put what you're depositing, and uh, it was a really interesting project. They had pictures of what people had put there. That's fun. If I find that, I'll share it next week on the radio. All right. Let's get through some happenings real quick. Today is Black Friday, otherwise known as Buy Nothing Day, and also Taiwan On Day. So, I mean, if Black Friday makes you sad that you spend all your money, <laughs> yeah, um, go get drunk, I guess. So spend some more money. Yeah. You binge on shopping and then go get drunk. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a good plan. All right, uh, let's see. It's also coming up on Saturday. Celebrate your unique talent day. Um, Sunday is National Flossing Day and Native American Heritage Day. You know, well, we need to give them one day, too. I mean, Thanksgiving obviously is not a day of celebrating Native Americans. Yeah. Um, let's see. Your Welcome Giving Day. Huh. Huh. So, community happenings. I heard it was Thanksgiving, huh? I heard about that. That happened, didn't it? So, yeah, but this week's theme is Thanksgiving at Rice and Spice. Uh, that's coming up tonight at 6 p.m. at Godhouse Interfaith Center. And as they are there enjoying the bountiful harvest, they will be giving thanks for the food we share, the land we grow it on, and the farmers who grow it, and the people who share it. So Thanksgiving, tonight, 6 p.m. at uh, Godhouse Interfaith Center. It's Thanksgiving Part 2. <laughs> Next week... I guess Thanksgiving Part 3 <laughs> is the Vegetarian Thanksgiving. Guy House Interface Center's annual Vegetarian Thanksgiving dinner is coming up on Thursday, November 29th at 6 p.m. One of the longest-running, best-attended, and favorite events to host, these dinners are the best way for all of our far-flung friends, old and new, to meet and mingle and enjoy some delicious veggie recipes. 
If you're not a vegetarian, that's fine. You're welcome too. I mean, come on. <laughs> but I mean, you literally will not miss the meat. When the food is this good, you forget about the meat. Yeah, lots of good food. Um, please contact 618-549-7387 if you're interested in sharing recipes, cooking, baking, volunteering on Wednesday or the day of the event to contribute to the dinner. Otherwise, hope to see you there. That's the Vegetarian Thanksgiving Dinner next Thursday, 6 p.m. at the Guy House Interface Center. Yes, and also coming up on the horizon, the 8th Annual Southern Illinois Gift Fair is coming up on Sunday, December 2nd from 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. at the Carbondale Unitarian Fellowship. It's a chance to choose holiday gifts that help the world and our community and honor your loved ones by supporting causes that are dear to them. Um, this Saturday is the last outdoor farmer's market. I don't know if you're aware, but there will start a Saturday indoor farmer's market. But the last farmer's market outdoors, Saturday 8 till noon in the West Town Shopping Center. And then also Saturday from noon till 1, the Vigil for Peace. Every Saturday, the corner of Maine and Illinois in Carbondale, sponsored by the Peace Coalition of Southern Illinois. Now, if you actually receive our newsletter, you can receive um, some newsletter extras, like seven recipe Thanksgiving leftovers mm. that are better than the real thing. So, <laughs> yeah. Leftovers sometimes and you can be much better. So I hope this was exciting and in your face that you were like riveted to the radio the whole time this show was happening. Yes. Because we were riveted on you. Because... <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an action-packed your community spirit. There you go. Um, it is going to be probably 70 degrees out again today, as it has been all week. <laughs> so get your chance to have some nature and let that nature wrap you in its arms. Is that it? Yes. Enjoy it out there. See you next week on the radio.